The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Hello and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm hosting tonight, and I'm joined by producer John Roberts and putative grown-up in the room, Sue Timberlake. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hi there. (laughs) When did when did she take my job? Uh, News to me. Well, uh, it's possible that I'm working with outdated information. Mm. So um, we're continuing to uh, uh, do the show remotely from our homes, like every other media person in the world. Uh, And my notes here now say, pause for obligatory banter about wearing pants. Right. Okay. (laughs) I don't think any of us are Winnie the Poohing it, so... I think we're I good. certainly am not. Very good. I'm Donald Ducking it. That, that's the same thing. <laughs> Except angrier. Yeah. <laughs> and less sticky. Yeah. Oh, did you really have to oh that's the wrong adjective. Anyway, um welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, did I do the call sign? WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts? Ah, uh, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's relaxed. <laughs> and uh, we do love to hear from our listeners. Uh, I've noticed a few more people seem to be uh, hopping on our social media things, so that's great. Welcome to all of you. I, I hope there's more of you listening. Uh, I hope you keep listening. <laughs> and uh, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you think of the work we're doing, uh, ways we can do it better, or things you really would like us to talk about, uh, you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Uh, via email, it's civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, and facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. We do also have our own website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, and that's got links to uh, recordings of previous episodes of the show, uh, supplemental episodes we do, and uh, articles that we mention, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, There's also the uh, dedicated uh, news – trusted source news search that genre set up through uh, custom Google search. And speaking of supplemental episodes – I should mention that John and Sue did an interview with Janae Lewis, uh, who I guess is related to John through some convoluted family she's connection. My, she's my cousin. <laughs> right. But there's there's like first cousin and then there's second cousin once removed by marriage kind of thing. I've never been good <laughs> at math. Right. <laughs> it's confusing. But anyway, uh, so anyway uh, – Janae Lewis is running for city councilor at large in Washington, D.C., and uh, you guys interviewed her for uh, over half an hour, I think. Yeah? Yeah. All right. It was a good interview. So I look forward to listening to it. When is that supplemental going to be posted to our website, John? Do you you have an idea? Uh, Sometime uh, this – either this weekend or um, around Monday. Uh, It depends on 
probably probably sometime this weekend. <laughs> so um, keep an eye out for it. After, basically, if you're listening uh, on Friday, it'll it might be up by then or Saturday. So uh, remember to subscribe on um, uh, to our podcast so you don't miss it. Uh, the links are on civilpoliticsradio.com uh, or you can check just any of your favorite pod podcast services apple podcasts we're on spotify please uh note that a lot of people listen to podcasts on spotify now so we are on spotify we're on apple uh google uh stitcher so um follow us on any of those or subscribe to the podcast on any of those and then you'll be able to listen to any of our see that's on my end now uh, then you'll be able to listen to any of them on uh, uh, the. Oh, then you'll you'll know when any of our extra episodes and extra content is posted. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And also, uh, we're part of the Planetside Podcast uh, family of podcasts, which is basically all stuff that you're masterminding. Yes, you're basically from your lair as you. <laughs> Sit in a chair and stroke a white cat and steeple your fingers and chuckle maniacally. I'm sorry, Poe is uh, is gray and black. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> yes, uh, we have multiple shows that I that I manage in the dark. All cats are gray. Politics. I shouldn't have yep. to say this is one that I think our uh, our listeners would be particularly interested in. It's another political podcast where me and Nicole talk about uh, different. Um, different subjects that we think uh, we can do a deep dive into instead of just a uh, political roundtable. It's a it's a deep dive into specific subjects. So um, y'all should subscribe subscribe to that. I shouldn't have to say this. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. But I'm glad you did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh comedy. So uh, enough of enough of the self-promotion, uh, blatant as it was. Uh, yeah. So how about that news there, Sue? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's oh, good to see that our. We're going to talk about that big bill that they're working yeah. on right now. Which, man, this, I am. OK, so. Uh, for those just joining us and aren't who or who aren't sick of hearing us explain again, uh, I'm a left leaning Democrat, you know, registered Democrat. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm a classic country club liberal. Well, let's be fair. Um, and Sue is our, uh, uh, you know, actual thinking Republican who, uh, uh, you know, disagrees with people in her party, but nevertheless, you know, sees value in the whole idea of, you know, limited government and so forth. And John was the the exasperated independent who tries to keep us on topic. Uh, I, you know, I honestly, I, I think this whole crisis has been a thorough demonstration of why uh, the whole sort of we should have a small limited government that can't do very much. Uh, why that's a terrible idea and why we should just abandon it forever. So could I correct you for one moment? Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I only disagree with time. some people. In my, <laughs> some, I, only, I only disagree with some people in my party. I actually yeah. like my party. 
And uh, I'm a lifelong Republican, so I'm the real Republican. So I just thought I'd share that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. A lifer. <laughs> and there was an um, insurrection of of uh, people that didn't don't really that didn't really want to follow the uh, the core tenets of the Republican Party uh, like as early as like 2010 with the Tea yeah. Party with the Tea Party insurrection. So. Well, and the Tea Party people, it seems like they're trying to stage a, a public comeback. Uh, what with uh, these protests that we're seeing around the country uh, we uh, for really people saying we've got our revivals. Yeah, <laughs> I, I always dist- I always distinguish between the original Tea Party, which I thought was a very good idea, and the the co opted one that you know they don't really hold to the tenants. So I'd like to make sure people know that they're, they're, Wait, they're not mean- the same. You're distinguishing between uh, uh, the one in the 1770s uh, uh, versus uh, the 2010s, or no, the the original folks in 2010 versus what happened when other people, you know, sort of took them over. Uh, but I think small government is good. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <clears throat> what? What? So enough about us. Well, what about this bill? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm I'm sorry, genre. What's going on? Oh, I'm just laughing. I, I mean, the um, the rise of the Tea Party was is just such a a mess. Um, I was listening to a podcast about it actually last night, uh, and the uh, the 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 way that the they came about with a, a combination of grassroots and astroturfing is insane. Like the story behind it is yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah, that's why that's why I like to sort of differentiate the two because I think the initial guys had a pretty good idea. And then what it turned into is, you know, it's it's what happens when somebody gets co-opted. Uh, well, what do you, what was the initial idea that you think was so good? Um, small government. I mean, I wasn't kidding when I said that. And um, that you know, there there is a lot of folks that have taken over uh, Toad Hall that the Tea Party folks didn't really agree with. They were, you know, they were as much against some of the industrial complex as the rest of us. So. I, I just, you know, I think they get they get painted the way they get painted. You know, it's sort of like the Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street folks. And, you know, they there were a lot of good ideas. And then all of a sudden one day it was a different idea. And that's what the media reports on. So, you know, I, I tend to read stuff for myself. And I think you guys do, too. You really look to the original source and try and figure out what somebody was actually trying to say instead of letting you know, Wolf Blitzer or somebody on Fox News or somebody on MSNBC tell you what they said. You know, I like to I like to listen to what they actually said. So I'm just I'm just one of those. No, I just like being told what to do. Yeah, it's it's very, very comforting. <laughs> I mean, the, the Tea Party was OK. I'm, a, I'm like one of those people. I'm like one of those people in the crowd in the first Avengers movie when Loki yells at everybody to yell who goes, yuppers. <laughs> and he's like, you all like being ruled. And it's like, sure do, boss. <laughs> That's a fetching helmet you've got there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we all like to read it for ourselves. 
So yeah, that's that's why we enjoy each other's company because we like to argue. Yeah. So, um, so while talking about the bill, it's certainly. Uh, do, do you like uh, the current proposal? I mean, it's come out of the Senate, and the the House is doing whatever it's doing. Uh, yeah, so this 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 supplemental bill is. $484 billion, and there's money for more testing, money for uh, to, for hospital funding, and more money for the uh, Paycheck Protection uh, Plan loans to go to, you know, the Small Business Administration and various banks and whatnot. Um, but nothing to help states with budget shortfalls or, you know, smaller local governments with budget shortfalls, no budget, uh, no, no bailout for the post office, which is working hard. And in fact, uh, Senator McConnell, uh, the Republican, uh, uh, you know, black beast behind it all. Uh, <laughs> Senate Majority that, Leader? Yeah, the Majority Leader. That's what bet noir <laughs> literally means when, you know, he say, oh, he's our bet noir of the liberals. Uh, that's just what they mean. Uh, that's what it literally says. But he's actually said that he thinks we shouldn't be bailing out uh, states and local governments. We should, they should just be going bankrupt, and we should make it easier for them to go bankrupt. And well, I don't see how been, that's better. But it is, have, it is arguably I, sm- lo- lesser, you know, a, a less powerful central government. It's doing less. So I, I read the article you sent out, unfortunately, it was sort of close to when we were going on the air. So I might not do it justice, but I thought he, he, they argued a lot of things in that article about what he, what he thinks or what he really means. But they also said that he said that he wanted to pause it so that they could really think about it. The, you know, basically bailing out governments, state, state and local governments. Right. So. Uh, particularly, he talked about how, uh, well, of course, the real issue is we're trying to uh, stop, uh, uh, you know, uh, Democratic controlled states to, uh, you know, have these big pension plans and all. It's really just an excuse to have the federal government bail those out. And it's like, that's shh, OK. <laughs> well, that, no, I, 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 I can't. That, that is the uh, most blatant political spin I've heard in some time. Well, you know, the article, was it in Slate? I forget what it was in. Yeah, it was in Slate. You know, well, I get know, out my um, Slate. I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so pensions are actually protected by something already. And it's, um, it's a reinsurance plan that yeah. pensions have and the government actually owns that. So, you know, we used to talk about my buddy Mitt Romney. And that's what he would do is he'd go in and swoop in and take a company and they'd put the pension plan on the federal pension insurance. So the pensions are already insured for municipalities and states and businesses. So I, I didn't quite get that argument in that article because it's like that didn't make any sense to me. So I'd have to read it again, I think. Well, it's it's a great talking point to push against. Uh, to explain why, oh no, the 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 point of this bailout that the Democrats are pushing, it isn't actually to help people. It's to bail out their, you know, their their corrupt, uh, failing policies and you know help expand government bloat. You know, that's that's the argument I think. Yeah. Uh, he well, said, I think said- this whole business of additional assistance for state and local governments needs to be thoroughly thoroughly evaluated. Uh, there's not going to be any desire on the Republican side to bail out state pensions by borrowing money from future generations. That's a, right, that's yeah. his direct quote. 
But I mean, the issue isn't state pensions. It's keeping states providing essential services now, like, you know, police and fire and public health and, you know, the other things that governments do. Yeah. You know, garbage collection and paying school teachers because kids are, you know, Governor Baker here in Massachusetts has said that uh, there won't be any more school uh, at actual schools until the, uh, you know, until next year, that school's out for, school's already out for summer, as it were, but school isn't out really because the kids are still learning at home and, and, and stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, the, go ahead. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for something to be actuarially sound. I mean, I don't think that's a terrible statement. I know no. how people interpret it because of how they feel about Mitch McConnell, but, you know, governments do have an obligation to kind of balance their budgets, at least in the, in the good times, and hopefully put some money in a rainy day fund. And it does, it does tend to happen that you bail out the people that never seem to get out of the, their own way when you have a situation like that. And then, of course, the multi-million dollar corporations that lined up for um, the original PPP. They always get in the front of the line, but I, I don't, I don't think that's a terrible argument that they want to make sure that they do it right. So oh. I don't, I think you could read that two ways. I think I, I, Mitch McConnell, you could read two ways. I agree. Doing things in a uh, uh, not stupidly is always preferable to doing them stupidly. <laughs> but um, uh, well, the, so states states are required. To go, uh, all right, you just, go ahead. So you were saying stupidly, and I'm just saying you can be really over leveraged, like all the real estate people and how they operate, or you can try and you know stay within your budget and you know it's like highly leveraged versus you know sort of reasonably leveraged given what's happening. Another four and a half million people applied for unemployment benefits this week, so we're up to what twenty million now? 20, Twenty-two million 20, people. So twenty-six point four. Oh geez. Twenty four. How much? Yeah, this week was four point four two seven million. Twenty six point so, four. Yep. Sixteen percent of the labor force is on unemployed trying to be on unemployment. They're not even getting checks yet, some of them. Okay, so this yep. is this is, you know, early nineteen thirties Great Depression level stuff. And there's there's more shoes to drop. Twenty five percent. I was wrong the other week. Twenty five percent the Great Depression. Unemployment. Sure, but we're 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 veering we're we're approaching that territory right now, and there's yep. going to be more people applying next week. So I mean, you know, this isn't going to stop, and uh, I don't think it's reasonable to expect states which don't have the ability to print their own money, and you know, have restrictions on the kinds of uh, debt they can take on. Uh, to have socked away enough money to handle this kind of a crisis for this long, I think this is a this is this is a great time for the federal government. I think to step up and just uh, uh, assume government debts. You know, like say, you know, the federal government will pay. You know, will we'll make up the shortfalls for all operating costs for essential state services around the country. You know, why why wouldn't we do that? Why do we want people so to you, die? You guys are both going to hate me, but um, unemployment is actually an insurance, and the state and the feds 
created unemployment insurance. So they actually, the feds already do contribute. And most states sure. tax on most states tax unemployment. So when you get an unemployment check at the end of the year, they're going to get you for income tax. So, you know, the states are still getting some of that money. So it's coming from an insurance fund. So I, I, I understand your philosophy. I'm just saying that some of the details of it are a little. But it's um, not just unemployment. It's the states aren't able to, states are running out of money to pay for all the things they do. I mean, you know, uh, Massachusetts gets an annual hit for the uh, income tax it, it collects, but it uh, also there's sales tax, 6.25% here in this state, and none of that money's been coming in for a while, or very little. And that's a, a huge shortfall. I mean, the state doesn't, you know, it's expecting sort of a constant flow of money coming in and then coming out. Well, it's always a little lumpy, you know, depending on the season. But, you know, people buy new cars. I, I'm paying my excise tax. I'm paying – actually, I need to pay my real estate taxes. Okay, I, mean, I, I think, actually need I to think, pay my excise tax. I should leave myself a note. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're wicked if you don't pay it. So you be, yeah. be sure to pay But I'm just saying that it's not black and white, that there's actually – there's a lot of money still coming in. You know, people are still buying alcohol and people are still buying gasoline. And, you know, there's still money coming in. I grant you they're not getting the sales tax. Well, depends upon where the people are buying stuff. um, You know, if you buy it on the Internet, there's no sales tax anyway. Sue, I mean, the the big thing is, especially with with states that are really hard hit – is that one the the sales tax is going to be just lower just the just yeah. because people are not are not going out and they're not spending too the the gas taxes are going to be lower because the gas is unless like I forget if it's like a percentage or if it's just like a straight up it's um, usually a flat amount yeah but people are not buying like we just Gas last week was at negative almost forty dollars. They were paying people not Oil, to give us. Yeah, yeah like crude. Yeah, the, but the West barrels, Texas Intermediate Crude Future Price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, barrels are just now at like th- between thirteen and nineteen dollars. Uh, and yeah. it, so the so the gas like the ga- the money from gas tax is going to be lower. The money from uh, from the income. Is going to be lower if for people that are on unemployment because they're not going to be getting the the same amount of money that they were that they were getting while they were working, uh, and that money is going to run out. Like they, nobody can be on unemployment for forever. So like right. the, the just, I'm sorry, did they just extend it? It's usually 13 weeks. So did they just extend it? I think they did. They did extend it. Weeks. Um, but. Still, uh, this is the 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 re- reduction in in pay is going to be widespread, uh, not just for the people that have lost their jobs, but the people that are still working. There's probably going to be pay cuts, and uh, so there the 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 tax the the tax funding that states get are going to be substantially lower no matter what you do and that's before some states have been um either furloughing or suspending mortgage uh payments um 
which really they should the the country should do. They should just suspend mortgage and and rent. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. But um, <laughs> that's the banks and the landlords mortgage and rent is banks well, and landlords. The not, the, the federal the, government can 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 have a hand in that. Um, yes, and and they should, just like, but uh, just like. What was that? Uh, President, just like President Carter did that, you know, he intervened in the markets when the when there was um, when they stopped shipping oil to us in the seventies. He intervened in the market because exactly. people were gouging. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, the, so the the thing is, especially with the states that are really hardest hit, and and honestly, uh, there 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 was a comment from his staffers, basically from from the same article that I'm going to be. Uh, Posting his staff, his staff members highlighted their partisan cast in a news release circulated a short time later, in which his statement appeared under the heading "Stopping Blue State Bailouts." So there is some partisan stuff going on here as well. It's not just um, worrying about states, yeah. uh, like saying that they should go bankrupt. This is going to affect places like California, Washington State, uh, New York, because they have and a lot of and other blue states, because uh, there are a lot of blue states that have ports of call Um, their their major uh, their major ports where where things and people come into the country more so than than red states. So when when he's talking about, oh, you know, we should let we we shouldn't be bailing out states, uh, they should be. Um, we should allow them to do bankruptcy, then that is really a, uh, that is, that is really more of an, of an attack on, on, on political rivals than, than really, uh, you don't think I'm the sorry? poor states in the South, the poor states in the South, like Louisiana, where they process all the oil and Texas and I don't know, Georgia. They 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 they're pretty poor. They probably could use a bailout too. They well, I mean, if Mitch McConnell cared about the poverty of the old Confederate states, I mean, you know, he's a senator from Kentucky. You know, if he cared about uh, you know the, the 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 plight of poor people in the South, well, uh, he's had plenty of time to do something about it, and he very clearly hasn't. So. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> The the states that you mentioned, like the, especially uh, like Tennessee, Kentucky, um, Alabama, like uh, the deep red states, they already take a lot of money from the federal government. Yeah, um, they, they 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 take more in federal government payments than they do than they pay in in taxes to the to yeah, the feds. Uh, it, as opposed to that's because they're poor. I well, that's the thing. Like that, and that that's that's the big thing that we are looking at. Um, we're looking at the the states that are that need uh, bailouts, that need help with their budgets because their their tax base is severely reduced now, uh, and yeah. um, they're saying, oh, you know, you should have taken care of that, or you should have more of a rainy day fund or something while they've been contributing a ton of money to the national budget and other states that um, they're not talking about uh, that they haven't been talking about they aren't they that they the and they aren't they don't have as many cases like 
um, Arizona. Well, they they haven't yet, but they will. They haven't yet, exactly. But they 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 have uh, deaths um, that are under two hundred or under a hundred, and we have places like Washington, New York, uh, Illinois, um, Pennsylvania. You know, like they there there are hundreds of deaths in these states. Uh, so they already take money from the federal government. And we don't hear anything about that. Uh, so it's this is, and like like I said, like the, there was a clear um, thought that th- we that they are trying to avoid bailing out uh, states that are that are solidly under democratic control. And I think there's also a larger issue, even aside from the the partisan uh, gamesmanship of it. I just think fundamentally the idea of bankruptcy is, okay, when some, when, when the system breaks down, when things fail, we make it easier to, to uh, strip out the parts that, are, that, aren't, that aren't working and, uh, and make repairs and then start them back up again. And that's certainly an important and useful thing. But a better idea is to keep things from falling apart in the first place. So why is it better for the states to go to make it easier for states to go bankrupt or for cities to go bankrupt? I mean, why would it be better for Northampton to to go into receivership than it would be for, uh, you know, the federal government to provide grants to the state of Massachusetts, which can then be used to help cities and towns in Massachusetts? I mean, you know, like it's going to cost money either way, and it's going to wind up – there's going to be, quote-unquote, deficits and money lost regardless. So why not just do it up front and keep things running smoothly? Well, I, I think you made the opposite argument when we were talking about Puerto Rico. They won't let them go bankrupt. You know, they're not letting them go bankrupt so that they can get rid of their debts and, you know, get on a firmer footing. I don't think bankruptcy is bad. California, didn't California go bankrupt in the 80s? And, um, you know, certain, was it Flint, Michigan? That was a terrible outcome. But I think Springfield, Massachusetts, Chelsea. Orange County, California certainly went bankrupt. Um, Oh, actually, so I'm just noticing we're reaching the halfway point. And this is a really good question you asked. So let's take a short break, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. And then we can go back and talk about more about bankruptcy. And I don't remember how we, what we said about Puerto Rico exactly, but we can talk about that uh, in just a minute. Uh, so don't go away. And the post office, yes. And the post office. <laughs> right. So don't go away. Uh, this is Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires, and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-2233. 
talk. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups. No insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield. Or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, and uh, I'm still talking with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake about politics and particularly about uh, how uh, the federal government is handling the uh, continuing efforts to uh, prop up the country in uh in light of the coronavirus uh, crisis. And Sue, you asked me uh, a a very good question, uh, which I think I'd like to take a crack at answering uh, just before the break. Uh, I was um, criticizing Mitch McConnell, uh, the Senate Majority Leader, because he thinks it's, we should just let states go bankrupt and make it easier for them to do so. And same for uh, smaller local governments. And I think that's a- Think about that. They wanted to pause and think about that, think about how they handle it. Right. Well, I, but, that, but that, he did indeed say, let's pause and think about this. But then he said, and I think I, I think we should explore the idea of letting people, letting governments, smaller governments fail. So uh, and I, I think it's a bad idea to to rely on bankruptcy right now instead of having the government just prop them up, give them subsidies now and keep them going. And you said, well, what about Puerto Rico? And that I think, well, actually, so why don't you take a moment and explain what you mean about why Puerto Rico, uh, you know, why why that's uh, a thing I should uh, think about because I I advocated for something different before. Well, and I I just wanted to point out that, you know, states can go bankrupt. There's a whole bunch of laws around how this all worked. And Puerto Rico was really distressed because they have, you know, crumbling infrastructure, people that ran off with their money, you know, and when they got hit by the hurricanes, um, they have no avenue to go bankrupt because they're, you know, is it a territory? I forget what they are. territory. Territory of the U.S., and they wanted to go bankrupt because it would clear all their debt. They could, you know, reorganize. They could actually get an electric system that works for them. And Congress wouldn't let them do it. They they could have passed a law that would have 
allowed them to do it. And Congress, you know, basically, you know, they're getting basically robbed at the moment, Puerto Rico, by all the, you know, industrial complexes that are taking advantage of them. And they're not getting what they actually deserve and need. So it's sort of like a funny argument. If you're going to say Puerto Rico, it would be better and they want to go bankrupt because it clears their books versus, you know, what do we do with states that may fail coming out of this or cities or towns that may fail coming out of this? Like I said, I believe both of you guys, I may be wrong, but I thought in the past that you advocated that Puerto Rico should be able to go bankrupt if it wanted to. I agree. I'd like to point out one that Puerto Rico is a territory. So, um, funding and and different things like like you said like there needs to be like different laws that are passed to allow them to do that there's also being beholden to uh to the united states that they might not want to do but the biggest thing is uh we that shouldn't have been a thing in the first place uh we should have just funded their reconstruction they shouldn't have to declare bear bankruptcy and if they if they have debts then the then the united states should um have at least at the very least uh provided them with uh with with no interest loans so they could get back on their feet there is a there's a lot of ways that we that we as a country completely abandoned puerto puerto rico uh and that was and bankruptcy was just a way that they were trying to figure out out of it. So when we said, yeah, they should be able to to declare bankruptcy, let them do that if they want to. That's because it was clear that the the federal government was not going to support them in a way that that would be beneficial for the territory. That's what I think anyway. I would also add this. Um the problem for Puerto Rico was in part, okay, this terrible crisis has happened, this disaster has struck, and it is having ongoing effects, but the the actual, you know, hurricane is done. Now it's a matter of how do we handle the cleanup and who's going to pay for it? And how do we deal with these uh, uh, lingering problems that have made it worse or or that the hurricane has exacerbated like the outdated electrical grid and so forth. So looking at bankruptcy uh, is a sensible uh, thing to consider because part of the problem is uh, accrued debt made it harder for Puerto Rico to, to manage uh, reconstruction. The issue uh, I'm talking about here isn't, uh, you know, should we let Massachusetts or Louisiana or whatever uh, go bankrupt next year uh, because of the expenses uh, uh, undertaken to deal with the coronavirus outbreak? I'm talking about uh, we should uh, just prop up the states now because they need money now, because the crisis is happening now and is continuing to happen now. It's been happening for more than a month. It's been happening since March, you know, and it's almost the end of April. And it's going to keep going uh, through next month and probably June after that. So the, the, the la- I don't think the solution is, well, you know, when Massachusetts runs out of money, say in June, it should just declare bankruptcy 
and then what? You know, like like a better move would be to uh, for the federal government to underwrite the uh, emergency expenses of the states and allow the states to keep going and paying their bills and have uh, you know smooth continuity of service. Uh, so that um, they can uh, keep providing what they need for people. Uh, you know, I think people's lives are in danger. And I, I think saying like, meh, let's wait for the system to break down and then we'll fix it more easily, I think is a, is a bad idea. Well, bankruptcy is a system of laws and it helps you sort out how to do that. But also a lot of states and cities have lots of power. You know, they have AAA bond ratings and they have a relationship with the banks. And so you're arguing that it should be given the money, not borrow it. Right. I think that's what you're saying. Well, I effectively, yes, because I, I think what what the federal government should do is say, OK, you know, these emergency expenses will be floated by the federal government. And, you know, the federal government can issue uh, federal debt to pay for it if necessary, or else to, uh, uh, you know, uh, print more money, you know, the, cause the federal so government think, can do that. <laughs> and the federal so government can always make up the difference later by taxing the crap out of the rich, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or they could just give the States, uh, no interest loans. They could do that too. You know, there was a point I forget when it was, and something happened. It was sort of big, and they gave um, they gave IOUs. The federal government gave IOUs, which they do sometimes in the research arena. So, in other words, you could take the letter of credit to the bank. So the feds put the letter of credit, and the bank would loan you the money. Yeah, that'd be fine. I mean, how? Like, I, I I'm less concerned about like the precise mechanism of exactly how. Uh, we keep the uh, the wheels of society spinning, but uh, you know, just fundamentally, bankruptcy is about is about once things have broken, how do we restart them? And I, I just don't think that's the best way to go. It's it's the same reason why, for example, I think Denmark's approach of saying like you know we will pay this you know like a you know seventy percent of the salary of of employees of companies, you know, up to a certain amount, you know, like they won't, they won't pay the people who are making more than, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or something crazy like that, but we'll pay like a, like a hefty chunk of their salaries, but the companies in turn have to promise to keep them all on the books so that they don't have to do a rehiring or any of that stuff. It's like just, you know, as soon as this is all over, they're just free to, you know, uh, uh, start up again. And then I think that's going to make it make the economic recovery faster. Well, that's what the PPP did. As long as you keep the employees, you can keep the money. It's a grant. That's for businesses, for small businesses. Well, that, yes, that turned I mean, out really well. Concept. Well, uh, it's a great idea, and I'm all for it. Uh, it's sad that uh, the money didn't last very long. They didn't put in nearly that's enough. They just this new bill is 310 billion for the same thing. So. Uh, Which is probably also not enough. So. Also, that the fact that uh, a lot of major banks uh, uh, put their their more wealthy um, customers at the front of the line 
for the PPP. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And uh, the, the just the fact that the, the the federal government had these these no strings attached uh, loans and, and these monies that they gave to commercial banks. Yeah. To give to 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 commercial banks to give yeah. to the yep. to give to these people that the whole point not of a commercial team. bank is to make money not cooperative and not savings banks which are not commercial banks exactly now, by the way yeah. Florence Florence used to be a savings bank but they changed their charter they're now a commercial bank yeah that's why it's Florence Even Bank though, instead of Florence Savings Bank oh I didn't notice the yeah. change yep yeah yep that's that's you know that's the reason. Yeah. Oh. Not a bad thing. Just important to know if you like savings banks and cooperatives and credit unions and know the difference. You know, they're different. They're different entities. They have a different goal in life. So I'm going to I'm going to break in here uh, and and uh, say as as a former employee of a of a credit union of feder- of a of a federally insured credit union. Uh, if you can join a credit union, join a goddamn credit union. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> join a credit. No, they're really good. Jo- join a credit union. It is a non-profit bank, meaning any profit that doesn't go to running the bank or going into uh, shoring up the bank's um, assets goes into lowering credit fees, uh, lowering um, lowering credit card fees, having no fees in in certain areas, and uh, it. If you if you can join a credit union, join a credit union. If yes, you I have agree. a family member that is a member of a credit union, you will be able, you'll probably be able to join that credit union. Join it, even if you have a, a bank account somewhere at a at a commercial bank or savings bank. Go to a credit union because there the loans there are fantastic. Uh, the credit cards there are fantastic, especially at cheapest car loan. Cheap, exactly. Cheap. I got a. I got a, my car loan, car loan. Um, when I was when I was working. Um, I won't. I won't name the credit union that I was working at. It's local one, but uh, they. But it was amazing. Uh, like we got. We got a. When I got sick um, and disabled, we we had to get a loan. Amazing, we were able to actually pay it back. Go yep. to a credit yep. union, support your local credit union, no matter where you are, uh, because they are that it is a strictly regulated banking system that they have to put any extraneous profit back into making. Uh, the financial products of their for their members uh, better. Their members, not customers, as well. It was a very yeah. important distinction. So, I anytime someone says uh, you should join a credit union, I will I will go on this tirade, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it's the same reason why if you're going to be investing money uh, and you want to get a financial advisor, get one who's a fiduciary. As opposed to one who isn't, because only a fiduciary is legally required to actually consider your best interests. Exactly. Yeah, isn't that frightening? It's amazing. Yeah. And cooperative yeah. banks are actually owned by their members as well. So if you like cooperative movement, go to a credit union or a cooperative yes. bank. They're totally different animals. Yes. They're different animals. 
cooperatives, yep. uh, credit unions, then cooperatives, then savings banks, then commercial banks. That's my that's my hierarchy of where you should bank. Um, well, you know, so savings banks are, are private as well. So cooperatives and credit unions are owned by their members, whereas mm. savings bank. It has different rules, but it's not owned by its members. Exactly. That's why it's below the yeah. uh, credit union and then the co-ops Here. and then savings and then like Bank of America or whatever. Don't 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 do a national bank. <laughs> don't bank at national banks. Don't do it. <laughs> Support the your local banks. <laughs> this is this is being it becomes civil banking. Yes. Um, and I'm okay so, with that. Uh, <laughs> so, so Sue, that's why I go, – go ahead. Well, so I don't usually do this. I usually keep my uh, – my, um, what do you call it? Heritage to myself. But my dad was a vice president of the Federal Reserve, and he would have totally agreed with you, Jonah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's because I'm right. Yeah, because you're right. Yeah. <laughs> But support your local banks, especially your smaller banks, the ones that you can go to and the person knows you and your account. Go to your smaller local banks that that have ties in your community. Those are the banks that you should that you should frequent because those are the banks that are going to focus on rebuilding uh, different communities. They're going to give loans to, to your community, uh, especially, especially in areas that are not as, that are not as wealthy. Um, you see a lot of national banks in poorer areas because, the, but if you, if there's a credit union or smaller bank in uh, in a lower income area, support them because they will be the ones that will really help the community when it needs. And they'll still try yeah. to make a profit because they're a bank, but it won't be. They won't try to screw over the people in this community because they live here too. Um, so, in this, especially so in a time, community. Be, Bringing together your community and helping out your community and the members of your community, even the banks that live in this community, they they will they will be the point of contact for a lot of local businesses that will try and when they try to rebuild themselves. So support your local banks. So you guys raised the question. So should we bail out the post office and the banks? We've covered the municipalities and the states. Yes, you should bail. We sure. we should we should repeal the law that that forces the post office to fund pensions up to seventy five years. Yes, we should. Uh, yeah, isn't that amazing? It's the opposite of actuarially sound. It's like greedy. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's just, it, like the, yeah. It, they're trying to put them out of business. They, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a constant. It's a it's a historical thing. It's a constant thing. They are they are in the Constitution. They have to be there. You know, like the 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 especially um, if if the if if and they're not funded by the government. So they're they are funded by themselves, but they're controlled by the federal government. What other business? I'm 
I mean, I'm beginning to see a pattern here that things that are controlled by the federal government, D.C., you know, talking about the discussion with your uh, friend that's running for the my cousin, yeah, counselor at large, D.C. Yep, today. <clears throat> um, you know, the government starts to control it. There's trouble. That's not always the case, though. Because, I mean, it really depends on if the laws are being written uh, in terms of taking care of the constituents, thinking about what what is best for the country, or thinking about what is best for the politicians. And if you have uh, if you have rules, or if you have different different gates or something that keeps civil servants from thinking of themselves of anything else than civil servants or at least like cultural stuff like we can like if we all say look we're gonna vote for you but you're gonna have to take care of us before we you take care of you uh you know senators that sold stock right after they came out of a of a securities meeting um then uh, it's just the it's not it's it's not government that's the that's the problem it's how government is run and where we where we put our resources if we really 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 wanted the country to be solvent and to survive this crisis we could do it we could I think do the it. problem I think the problem as much as anything is that too much of our government is controlled by people who uh, actively hate government and want it to fail and don't care about doing it properly. Yes. I, th- I think I think one of the reasons why uh, Democrats have had a problem over the past 20 years with uh Getting, uh, you know, uh, uh, getting and holding political power has been that uh, people in this country don't appreciate the benefits, the value of competent government governance uh, enough. So, you know, like like the Democrats got hammered uh, over uh, uh, the fallout from passing Obamacare in 2010, uh, even though. That was, you know, a, a huge step forward in terms of providing health care for everybody in America. Not perfect by any means, but, you know, an actual improvement. But uh, it didn't go down well with uh, uh, a party. lot of voters. Well, the Tea Party, yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, not just Tea Party types, were like, eh, you know, I don't know. This didn't seem so great. They, they, they weren't enthused about it. And so um, – you know, you get people like, well, Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump, who don't really see the point of government unless it's benefiting them. And that's precisely the kind of people who, uh, you know, screw it up. So, you know, if you're going to rely upon the government to, especially the, the federal government, to uh, uh, be able to provide a, a sort of a, a unifying uh, level of competence and support and direction in a crisis like this, uh, you know, putting people like Donald Trump in charge is the worst possible thing you could do. Yeah, that's what I say. 
So should we bail out the post office? I guess the answer is yes. 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 I think so, yes. yes. For the love of God, yes. The, what and other business is going to allow you to send something across the country for a dollar? 55 cents even. It's yeah. crazy to think about how – and the – really, honestly – the post office wouldn't need don't wouldn't need uh, bailing out if one they changed that to like not having to f- like funding pensions up to twenty years or thirty years and not seventy five just cut that in half. Also allowing uh, the post office to uh, do basic rudimentary banking, so uh, they they could have savings and checking accounts to allow people to use the post office. They would they would use the post office more often. It barely would cost anything, and it would benefit pretty much everybody in the country. Um, it the, those things would help. It's it's a public good it's a po- and those those things would would reduce their costs they would get more people using the post office and uh that that would help fund them without really the federal government having to put in too much money they should and if we want to mean and if we want to do voting well if we want to do voting by mail the post office is an essential thing and yeah. I, i'm noticing guys we are right at the end of our time here uh, for this episode, oh. so. Uh, Did you want to mention quarantine next week? Oh yeah, yeah, quarantine? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The 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 laws and whatnot regarding quarantine. You found some good sources for us to look at, so we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. And Thanks, our listeners Sue. can go to that, that one in the New England Journal of Medicine that they they dropped their paywall, so you can look at all the the articles about COVID nineteen and and quarantine and stuff. They have some great stuff. So. I'll be right. linking that on the week. website. Excellent. We, all right. Well, I'm sorry to bum rush us out because this is a good conversation, but we do have to wrap up. So that's all for civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, there'll be podcasts, uh, you know, on the very services of this show over the weekend and a repeat on Monday. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you and good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Support your local banking. Do it. <laughs>